Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow is girl. I'm Sarah. That's me. And a demi straight girl. That's me, Kayla. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand. On today's episode, you. Sounds, Sounds fake, fake, but, but okay. okay. Welcome back to the pod. Fuck. Um, Yugi. <laughs> Maad. Um, I'm just looking Michigan for is getting crushed by Michigan State. Michigan sucks, but don't tell my mom. Um, I'm just looking for M words in the chat. Help, 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 help. Too much of a delay. There's too much of a delay. <sighs> Fuck. Well. <laughs> anyway that's well, it, i guess that's that um do we have any updates do we have any housekeeping uh first of all sorry to those of you listening on um in your ears in just just podcast form if the audio is marginally janky uh we had some live stream issues we are currently live streaming this so if you want to see our faces hit up our youtube um you want to see the 20 minutes of chaos before we actually started recording because kayla's Kayla's shit stopped working. It's bad. Um, I need to stop using GarageBand. Um, uh, is this how recording usually goes from Tired Panda? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yes. Uh, so if you want to see our faces, hit us up on YouTube. Um, I hope this audio is is okay. But we had to do some shit. Oh man, um, Michigan is on the bingo. Apparently, this is why I didn't look at the bingo beforehand. There is on Ash. There is a bingo card that people are playing along with. So there is there is a bingo card. Um, okay. So housekeeping, I guess, would be that I don't think we said this in our last episode. So we were nominated for best LGBTQ culture podcast by Discover mm-hmm. Pods, which is like a podcast news place, I guess. Um, and you should vote for us with every email address that you own because that's apparently allowed. So I'll link that uh, in the description of this episode. And you should do that. Voting closes November 6th. So yep. do it or else. Brian O'Callaghan says marginally janky, which is correct. Which is how this is. Yes. Um, okay. All right. Then Kayla, what are we talking yeah. about this week? Well, this week, well, today... As we're recording this is the last day of Ace Week. I understand that when you are listening to this tomorrow or beyond, it's already over, but sucks. Um, Maybe you're listening to it during Ace Week 2021. I don't know your life. That would be wild. Um, so to celebrate Ace Week, we decided to do this live stream and hear from all of you. So we asked you to submit stories or questions or anything and so we have that we have that (laughs) so we have that we're going to read it uh and hear it because some of you were allowed to submit like voice memos for like voicemail type things so another reason to join our discord is we allowed our discord members to send us audio things so just no one else Link is in the description to join our Discord. It's a party. It is a party. And there are apparently in-jokes about potatoes that Kayla and I don't know about. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know anything about that. 
Um, okay, well, should we get started, I guess? I would love to do that. Do you want to... All right, so we have kind of a couple different categories of things. Um, do you want to start with the voice message? Do you want to start by reading something? Let's start by reading something. Okay. What type of... Do you have a type that you what we have set? We have... I'm Arrowways. I don't have a type. Okay. Thank you. But that's also not necessarily true because there's oriented people. They run. I know, um, but I'm saying... <laughs> Uh, 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 uh. Okay, so we have resources and shout outs, with us, which I think we should keep for the end. We have some questions, some messages, uh, ace realization stories, coming out stories, advice, and then a potpourri, which is where some of my favorite ones are. Mm. Um, let's just start with a question. Okay. This is a really long doc. Yeah, it's, um, so apologies, we're probably not going to get to everything that was submitted. There's, we will 19, not get to everything that there's submitted. 19 pages of content here, but we're thinking that maybe we'll take all of the submissions and maybe make like a doc or a PDF or something and share it so you all can read everything that we weren't able to do, maybe, mm -hmm. if you all are interested yes. in that. Yes. Um, oh, you God. Read? No, I, I panicked. You read. Okay. Um, let me find a good one. No, oh, I have one. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> one from Sarah R. It says, do you think Michael from The Good Place is on I the A spectrum? I tend to headcanon him as such for the following reasons. One, we never see him romantically tied to anyone, nor does he show any interest in relationships, just focus on work in the squad. And two, when he's talking about Eleanor and Chidi in episode 209, he says, gross. Kissing is gross. You're just mashing your food holes together. It's not for that. I think this is a great headcanon. <laughs> I knew all. you were going to pick this one. From what I understand of The Good Place, I think he seems kind of ace. But also he's like... He's a demon. He's like not, not a human is the problem. It's like saying that Data from Star Trek is ace because he's like a robot. So I feel like that gets... But, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler for The Good Place finale. Spoiler. At the end, he does become a human. Mmm. Dang it. Just more bingo. <laughs> um I mean I see it. I see it. Some people in the chat are agreeing. Also, people are doing really well on their bingo cards. We didn't even <laughs> I mean I, people are gonna get like whatever the thing is called where you get the whole board, like it's gonna happen. Oh, I'll help you all. I bought this juice <laughs> especially for today. And then my dad drank some. He drank this much. Unbelievable. I have Kayla not. I've, not seen, I've seen some episodes of The Good Place, but but I really wanted to understand the end, so I just had Sarah tell me what the ending was. Yeah, a classic. Um, Olivia, I'm sorry that you did not mute that spoiler fast enough. I thought I gave you enough time. Um, um, next okay, question. what do you want to do next? You want to do another question? I do that one. It's your turn. Okay. Um, let's see. It's from Charlie. I definitely, I'm definitely ace and I've thought I was Arrow for almost a year. However, recently I've been wondering if I'm romantically in love with my best friend. How could I tell that? What even is the difference between platonic and romantic attraction if you're closer than Kayla and Sarah are? <laughs> I would like to first take offense <laughs> to the statement that me and Kayla are not deeply in love with each other. 
I mean, like we are. Here's even here's, though we broke up like three times the other day. Gotta keep it yeah. spicy. Gotta keep it spicy. Uh, just keep it spicy by breaking up constantly. Um, I mean, how can you tell if you're romantically in love with your best friend? I mean, I have never been romantically in love with anyone <laughs> except for so, me. Except for Kayla. <laughs> no, but I think, I think I was literally thinking about this just last night. That like, you know, like. Being in love is always assumed to be such a, a, a romantic thing where it's like, I don't think being in love with a, a person or a, a, a moment or a place or whatever is inherently romantic. Like, mm-hmm. I like if you really love a person and you care about them, like that doesn't and you have a very deep relationship that doesn't automatically make it romantic. Um can I answer your question about whether you're romantically in love with this person? No, I can't. But I can say that, you know, just because it is a very deep relationship and a strong relationship and you like them a lot um, doesn't mean that it has to be romantic. Yeah, I guess I would just like, I don't know, maybe think about the kinds of activities you're interested in doing with that person and maybe like whether you code those as romantic. So if you are not like a touch averse person, if you like holding hands and cuddling, which can be platonic and so can kissing, kissing could be platonic. Um, but whether you code those as something that's romantic and then like for me, if I have like a romantic crush on someone, I typically tend to like, you know, you like daydream about those things happening or like, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Where if it's a friend, then I would typically think about like more platonic things. So I guess that would be my advice. Uh, does anyone in the chat have any thoughts? Uh, all about, all about oh. how that person makes you feel and the energy you get when thinking about them and when you interact with them. Yeah. I mean, it can definitely be kind of hard to keep those apart for some people but just trying to think of like maybe if there's someone that you like absolutely know is just your friend and then trying to compare that to your relationship with this person and seeing like how they're different in the same mm-hmm. yeah mayhap yeah mayhap um shall we do a voice message sure what kind do you want fun fun hmm. Oh, I have a poem. A poem. We have a poem, guys. Okay, this is from Purple Chickadee. This is by Purple Chickadee, and it's called... Oh, it has a title. Or maybe they say it. Sexuality at First Web Search, a poem by Purple Chickadee. All of my life, I have never felt sexual attraction to any person, regardless of gender or our interaction. I always felt as if I was the only one who felt this way. I thought my only options were straight, bi, pan, or gay. I felt alone, but not lonely. I was fine by myself. I did not need anyone else, just my bookshelf. One day I was researching online to see if there was a word for what was wrong with me. Then I discovered a word, and it just fit, like it had been made for me, and that was it. There was nothing wrong with who I was. Other people felt the same, and I did not have to change, because I found my place. I found my space here in this community. It was plain to see. The word I found that day was asexuality. Hick yick. But there was a poem about, I think Purple Chickadee mentioned that it was about, uh, what, like sexuality at first Google search, which I mentioned in that one episode. Um, so they were a little poem about it, which I think is a very good poem. 
But yes, thank you, Let's- Purple Chickadee. I think it was very, very good. Um, Pip has a question. Um, do you guys ever feel weird coming out as ace backslash making it a big deal about your sexuality when it feels like such a private thing? Also, what positions did you play in Quidditch? <laughs> um, I played beater in Quidditch. Kayla was. I staff. didn't play it out while I was on staff. I was a beater. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I feel like for me, it's like sexuality feeling like oh like a private thing like i feel like it's it's society makes it into such a public um uh there are certain assumptions that are made that like you do experience you know sexual attraction romantic attraction that like it's kind of forcibly made public by other people that are not you and so like it's either uh your sexuality is going to be assumed or you have to clarify and like those are your two options just because of the way the world is. And so I think for me it's like it was a question of like, do I want to be known as who I actually am and how I actually experience the world? Or do I want to be do I want to let people's assumptions just kind of let them think that they're true? Um and so it is it is kind of like a private thing, but I think it's it's hard to um use my brain um i think <laughs> it's it, it is a private thing but like i think also for me it's a little bit easier because since i'm arrow and ace and i don't have interest in having sex or that sort of thing like it's a little easier for me to just be like i don't have any interest in any of it like i don't have to get into like details in in the same way that some other ace people might uh when people uh ask questions so yeah i think for me it's like it's weird because my sexuality is like very explicitly about like how and when I have sex, which is kind of weird, which is like kind of one of the reasons that I ask my parents not to listen to the podcast because I kind of like have to talk about like uh, the sex I'm having to like explain my sexuality, I feel like, which is kind of weird. Um, so I definitely get that. I feel like it's weird. And it's also like just something I've been thinking about more as I'm about to move again is that it's kind of a whole new group of people that I'm going to be meeting that if they are just to like look at my social media they will immediately know what my orientation is which is just like you know kind of scary I guess to just like know that that's going to happen because I like am so public with it um so yeah it can definitely it can be weird especially like Sarah said if it doesn't like feel like it's that big of a deal to you and then like if other people make it a big deal it can be kind of weird the world makes it out to be a big deal and so you're kind of forced into discussing it whether you want to or not yeah but if it's not a big deal to you that's like completely fine me and sarah have talked a lot about how like our sexualities don't end up influencing our lives as much as you might think from people that have a podcast so if it's (laughs) not like something that you're like being asexual is like my identity it's like who i am if you are like that great if you're not like that also great like completely up to you This is actually an interesting comment. This person saying, I prefer people to know I'm arrow ace than to assume I just can't get a date, which is interesting mm. because fair. Like, I, I get that. But also it's like, you know, there's the all of the the associations and assumptions present of like, oh, like, oh, you should just be able to get a date. Like, yeah. or like, 
know the whole the whole stereotype of like well airways people just can't get a date like it's because they're not mm. cute enough or whatever it's like bitch look at me i'm dressed as the rock and i'm cute as hell we're dressed as the rock today i have a middle part it's kind of <laughs> it's a little sideways don't worry about it um but yeah i mean that is kind of a, a weird place to be in because like on one hand i don't want to enforce stereotypes of like oh you know like I, I, I don't want to make it seem like your ability to get a date uh, is what determines whether or not you're a good or interesting person, you know? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, I, I do want to clarify that, like, you know, it's it's not it's 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 an inherent thing about the way I experience the world, not like everyone saying, bitch, that girl's ugly. Well, she's not. <laughs> Look at them eyebrows. If you're listening, you can't see them, but they do be looking good, though. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. Let's see. I want to read this one because it was one of my favorite ones that came in. Um. This is in the et cetera section. Um, okay. It's from Anonymous, and it said, this is an excerpt from a journal entry I wrote while I was a sophomore in college. I was reflecting on my first date with a girl from my Spanish class. At this point, I had almost zero experience in romantic relationships. I hadn't even heard of the term asexuality yet. Um, so this is the excerpt from their journal. I feel like I should have kissed her or something, like I should have done something to express affection beyond hugging. But I just can't wrap my head around that. I just can't imagine being that close to another person. Even the notion of holding her hand is downright frightening to me. Kissing is another level. That's like serious stuff, close, intimate stuff. That's something that only people other than me get to do, right? Of course not. But I'm still so conflicted about that. Why do I feel such a mental block about that? Looking back at this journal entry, it makes me it makes a lot of sense that now I know that I'm ace back. I just thought. Checks out. Anonymous wrote it. Sounds fake, but okay. No. I just thought that was very, I don't know. It's kind of like a common experience of like looking back on things once you know that you're ace back and then being like, Oh my god, how did I not know? Yeah. This is yeah. one of the reasons that I wish I was good at keeping a journal. Because I did find a journal recently from my first couple days at college. <laughs> so funny. It is so funny. And I wish I had just kept keeping it. Oh my gosh. I'll, Sarah, I'll send it to you later. There's like <laughs> some names and stuff that we don't need to be public, but... <laughs> Oh, wild. Wait, actually, I'm going to... There's parts in it about you, so let me go get it. No, don't no. look at my room. No one look at my room. Um, okay, in the meantime, uh, I'm going to... Oh, it's right there. Well, I have to find the part. Okay. I have to I'll see if there's anything in here that I want to read. Um, so this is from an also from Anonymous. Uh, it says, when I first realized I was ace, I was super excited. I wanted to learn all there was about asexuality and aromanticism and was so excited to tell my friends. But the more I looked into the ace community, the more scared I got. I couldn't comprehend that aphobia is a thing. I didn't get why anyone would be so upset that I didn't feel a sexual attraction when everyone else always taught us to abstain my whole life. And the ace community felt more and more unwelcoming because most stories and memes I found were about how the allos don't get us and how mean people are. And now I'm scared to tell my friends I'm ace, even though I know they would accept me i'm starting to feel confident in myself after finding your podcast and at ac desi but in general i find myself avoiding the ace community because i feel because it feels really toxic in this way that's fair i think um like the the community can feel like this nice insular place where, where we all 
um, you know, accept each other and we're a part of a group. But at the same time, part of the reason why the community is, you know, the way it is, is because of the exclusion from other communities. Um, and it can be, I understand why it might feel difficult <laughs> um, to to feel confident in your sexuality, uh, knowing that a lot of the ASPEC identity is based on the fact that we are not included by others. Um, and I just, I don't necessarily have an answer. It's, I mean, this isn't really a question, but like, I don't really have, I don't, I can't, I don't know, I can't speak. Um, I don't know what to tell you to do, but I think it is important to acknowledge this, that like, you know, that um, it's possible that there are aspects of the ASPEC community that do make it harder for people to feel like that they, uh, like, harder to feel like they can come out. Um, and I think that's just something to think about. I wasn't listening to the question because I was reading, but I agree because I vaguely remember the question. Okay. The, uh, also, Soup says that that's why the SFBO Discord server is rad, not as much negativity about external stuff. Just saying. This is true. Okay. So this is a journal from like, it's like maybe a week from our first week of college. Um, there's parts I'm not going to read to you all because it's just not for you. But Sarah, I will be texting you this later because it is about the boy that I was like in love with freshman year. And it was <laughs> embarrassing. Um, week <laughs> one. Oh. Yeah, it started week one. Is that how attraction works? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so this is September 3rd was when I was dropped off at college. Uh, this is what I, what I said about Sarah. Um, let's see. Sarah and I have been getting along well. She seems a bit antisocial like me, which may present a challenge, but I think with time, she and I will figure it out. And I'm excited to meet more LHSP kids tomorrow and hopefully be less anxious. <laughs> um, hold on, there's another part I wanted to read. Oh, there's a part about how we watched Pentatonix videos with two girls from down the hall, which ended up being like our best friends. So that was funny. Um, okay, I also just, this has nothing to do with Sarah because I don't think you were here for this. Um, but I wanted to read you all the first sketchy experience that I had in college. This has nothing to do with anything, but, uh, maybe you were there, Sarah. I don't know. Okay. So we went to the library for this like orientation event. Um, and these guys that one of our friends knew invited us to hang out at their dorm. One guy I was there. Be, okay. I think you just left early. Um, one guy had to be stoned because he kept asking us the same question. The other guy, fuckboy Andy, is what we named him. Texted no, me. I was there. You were, yeah, you were there. Um, <laughs> fuckboy Andy texted me asking if I want to hook up if we got everyone to leave. I showed Sarah then made, so I showed Sarah the text, then my, my, made my friend Christine from home call me to give us a reason to get out. Our first sketchy college experience. It was so weird. And then I start talking about this guy that I was like in love with. And I was like, but now that I'm in college, being in a relationship scares me. <laughs> Bitch, what were you thinking? Anyway, this has nothing to do with anything. It's just <laughs> incredible. Anyway, that was my currently my first experience with Sarah. Anyway, oh. moving on. Um, I am just actually gonna jump really back quick. I can't speak. I'm sorry. Mardov made a comment about the the last thing I was reading about where it's strange that society simultaneously says that sex is taboo, but also everyone must have it. Um, 
yeah, it doesn't make sense. And that's, I think, part of the the weird-ass A-spec experience is, like, coming to terms with the fact that, like, that doesn't make sense and that's not how it should be. Um, and that's not how it has to be. Um, but it still is that way. Yeah. For the time being. Indeed. Um, let's see. Shall we do another voice message? Sure. Is it louder? Hopefully. This is from Caitlin, who we love. Well, we love everyone, but okay, see, we can't do a whole episode of my diary entries because that's like literally those like four days is like it. I'm so bad at keeping. I wish, God, I wish I had kept a journal. Um this from Caitlin who runs Sounds Fake Okay Out of Contacts. Hi. I'm Caitlin, and I'm Arrow Ace. I wanted to wish everyone a happy Ace Awareness Week. Uh, I wanted to say that no matter where you fall on the asexual and or aromantic spectrums, you're valid. If you're a demisexual or demiromantic, you're amazing. Graysexual or graymomantic, wonderful. Arrow, Ace, absolutely outstanding. You're valid, no matter what. And if you think a different label fits for you, that's great. If you had talked to me a few months ago, I would have said I was a demi-pan-romantic asexual. I was valid before, and I'm still valid now. And so are you. If you were younger when you discovered asexuality, that also doesn't make you any less valid. You know yourself best, and no one can tell you who you are. If you don't quite know who you are, that's cool too. You're welcome here. Try out a new label, see how it fits, and if it doesn't, that's okay. It's okay not to be super proud of your identity, or just to be quiet about it. But know that we're here for you, no matter who you are, or how you identify. You're A-spec. You're amazing. And I love you. No notes. Good. <laughs> this is so sweet. No notes on this statement. Caitlin, don't be stressed. That was very, very sweet, and I love it. And it also fill it, filled the You Are Valid bingo space. So. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's do some more sweet things. Are you ready some, from some advice slash affirmation from, yeah. Mara, from Mara Dove, who's also here, I can see you. Um, Mara Dove says, you aren't broken. I know this is something that other people have probably said, but I've had to keep repeating it to myself since I realized I was ace three years ago. So I want to tell as many people as I can because it sucks to feel broken and like you're missing out. Hey, True. Hey, guys, you're not broken. Ain't nobody broken here. Except for my audio. <laughs> Let's see. What um, kind of... what Should we do an ace realization story? Sure. Do you want me to read it? Sure. So these are... We have a lot of stories from people that are about uh, kind of them realizing they were ace. These are some of the longer stories. We're not going to get to them all, which is sad, but I think people in the chat were saying they were interested in seeing like a doc of people's submissions. So after this is over, I will work on making this document not look so shitty and I will compile things. So you all can read them and everyone can share even if we don't have time to get through it all. Okay, this one I thought was very interesting. Are you ready? Okay, this is Bianca's story of how they realized they are ace. Here we go. I, Bianca. <gasps> Hi, Daniel. I saw Daniel in the chat, got excited. Uh, Bianca <laughs> said, um, 
I recently realized I'm ace. It's kind of funny because I, I've known about asexuality for so long. I first learned about ace and arrow spectrum identities four years ago in a work training. I taught people about the split attraction model and compulsory sexuality, yet I never questioned my own feelings. I've had romantic question mark crushes on girls for years, but I only real recognized them two years ago. For most of my life, I thought there was something wrong with me that I would get obsessed with my usually girl best friends. After a lot of questioning, accepting, and re-questioning, I finally understood myself as someone who, quote, likes girls too. I didn't talk to anyone about attraction because I'm a really private person and don't like talking about this stuff. It's no secret, but I don't feel any desire to let someone into this part of me, like we were talking about earlier. But I knew I felt really uncomfortable with the labels bisexual or pansexual, and I accepted I just don't like labels. A while later, I started writing a romance novel, which ended up being a short story about friendship. And I really explored the main character publishing a book about his arrow ace brother. In the story, the brother was too tired of explaining himself to his family and really wanted someone to write a sto his story for him. And I really explored how Indian culture intersects with asexuality in weird, contradictory ways. A few months ago, I read The ABCs of LGBT Plus by Ash Hardell, Ash, Ash Hardell and drew my sexual romantic gender identities on spectrums. Even when I drew that, I even when I drew that I feel nearly zero sexual attraction, some romantic attraction to women and minimal romantic attraction to men, I didn't even consider the possibility that I might be aspec. A few weeks ago, I heard a TV character claim they couldn't be in love with someone because they didn't get excited by their friend's genitals. And I felt very, very uncomfortable. I knew I had fallen in love with people without feeling any attraction to their sexual organs. And I couldn't get the discomfort from this scene out of my head. I ended up finding your podcast after a lot of Googling and I couldn't stop listening. I binged one episode after the other. I was so hungry for Ace content. I found AC Desi and saw myself represented in ways I never expected. I read Angela Chen's book and felt so validated in my experiences with wanting the freedom to not act sexual but still feel feminist. And then I read Beyond the Black Door by A.M. Strickland. And that book's really helped me understand myself. I knew that asexuality, I knew about asexuality. I was teaching about it. I literally wrote a story about it. But some part of me, some part of me knew it was important, but I couldn't imagine that I could be ace. And Beyond the Black Door explored asexuality, romantic attraction, and gender identity in such an amazing way. I loved that the world created its own terminology for these identities, freeing from, freeing from my pre-assumptions about every term and instead focusing on the concepts. I found it really validating that um, what we would call a trans character chose to go by she, her pronouns, even after telling their friends they are a man because they didn't want to come out to the world. And to me, this was a shocking realization that it's okay if I keep my asexuality all to myself. I don't have to come out and if I don't want to. It's okay if I never want to come out. As minorities in this cis het world, we always feel this burden to showcase ourselves and find it freeing to see that I can choose not to tell anyone and that's okay too. It's a breaking, it's a break from the coming out equals happy ending narrative I saw in every LGBTQ plus story. Yesterday I reread the, the short story with the Arrow Ace brother I wrote way back before realizing I was ace and seeing that I care about the same things now that I did back then. I cried so much because I felt so validated by my past self and that I have always known this about myself, even if I didn't use the language back then to understand myself. For the first time, I genuinely feel comfortable in my sexual and romantic identity, and it's really, really nice. I just thought it was so interesting that they knew about asexuality and were 
teaching about it and then even so like didn't figure it out which i just think is very i don't know that's not what you usually hear from people so i think it's mm -hmm. i don't know validating if anyone else is going through that yeah they, the book different. the book they mentioned was beyond the black door by a.m strickland i've never heard of it but it sounds good um yeah and you don't have to come out if you don't want to i guess you can just episode now that you simply yeah. don't have to do anything you don't have to do anything uh, yes i'm very brave of that person to share it with us obviously since they don't feel like sharing it very widely so bianca if you're listening we love you you're wonderful um i uh -huh. this is another um ace realization one this is from sarah superstar not me but all sarahs are superstars um, the story of figuring out I was Arrow Ace is way longer and more complicated than I feel like it has any right to be. Sometimes I hear people say that as soon as they heard the term asexual, it just clicked and they knew that that was them, but that was not the case for me. There's a running theme here. Anyway, <laughs> really? I, I first saw the term asexual when it was briefly mentioned in my AP psychology textbook, and it caught my attention, but the definition was way too narrow, a person who does not experience any sexual desire or arousal. So I decided it didn't quite apply to me, and I put it out of my mind which is why accurate, inclusive definitions are important. At one point in high school, a boy asked me out, and I said yes because I liked the idea of having a boyfriend, and I didn't realize that was different from wanting to than wanting to date him. But as soon as we were dating, I became super uncomfortable with any kind of physical affection and was almost immediately started thinking about how we'd inevitably break up. I used to wonder whether I might be gay because everyone talks about starting to notice boys and girls when they go through puberty, and I felt like I noticed girls just as much as I noticed boys. I believe this is a, very, a fairly common experience for movie aces. I also spent some time feeling like I was broken because I wasn't feeling what society told me I should be feeling, which is definitely a common experience for baby aces. I got reintroduced to... to, to oh my god, I'm trying to read it too fast. I got reintroduced to asexuality through Tumblr and fanfiction, and I really related to it, but I still didn't feel like it quite described me. Retrospectively, I know this was partially because I didn't want it to describe me. I grew up assuming that someday I'd fall in love and get married, and I really didn't want to let go of that. Additionally, I've always had celebrity crushes, and for a long time, I thought that disqualified me from being ace, even though I had never been attracted to anyone I'd actually met. I, I, uh, I can't read, guys. I'm sorry. I later learned that there's an ace spec microlabel for this called autocorosexual or egosexual. Um, one thing that was really helpful for me in figuring out that what I thought of as crushes weren't the same as attraction that other ILO people experience was a chart I saw once, which defined six different kinds of attraction with sexual attraction, romantic attraction, and crushes in the top row, and squishes, sensual attraction, and aesthetic attraction in the bottom row. The chart's definition specified that these were desires directed at a specific other person, and I realized that I had only ever experienced the things in the bottom row. Even after I had all the relevant information, I spent a few years questioning and simply identifying as not straight before I fully embraced my arrow ace identity. And I embraced ace long before I embraced being arrow because I didn't want to let go of the idea of maybe falling in love someday. But then I have been so but since then I have been so much happier and more content with myself and confident in my experiences. Plus, experiencing my aceness has led me to some really great experiences, like attending Pride and going to my local ace meetup and reading Loveless and listening to Sounds Fake But Okay. Smiley face. Retweet. Yes. I feel like a lot of these stories have like very similar themes. Yeah. Let's do a voice message. Okay. This is from Jaina. And it is a question. Do I remember what it is? No. But I just remember that I wrote down it was a question. So here we go. Good. Hey, hello. 
Um, it's China from Discord. I have some ace and maybe also arrow related questions. Um, what do you think? Are there any ace and or arrow magical creatures or beings in the mythologies? Because I recently read about an asexual succubus and I found that pretty nice. <laughs> so do you think there are any? And by the way, thank you so much for this amazing podcast. There must be. There's gotta be. I know dragons are like part of ace culture for some reason. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like that's my initial answer. Look, I feel like literally any species of anything, whether it's mythical or whether it's just your neighborhood rabbit, uh, (laughs) could probably be asexual. Like, could probably be asexual. Like, we just don't know because we don't speak rabbit. (laughs) Maybe you don't. Oh. Can you talk what are about some that? yeah what are some now I can't think of a single mythical creature other than like unicorn phoenix phoenix I'm getting kind of like a bi vibe from phoenix that's true <laughs> Artem- do gods count Artemis is pretty ace that's yeah. true yeah reverse um, mermaid sorry what like a fish on top sorry what are mermaids because they can't have sex in the same way yeah, that humans do but ace people can have sex yeah but now i'm just thinking about how just mermaids reproduce just because mermen don't have a peepus doesn't mean they can't have sex <laughs> sirens i actually really love that idea have you heard have you heard this idea sarah that sirens are asexual and they just like yeah. lure men in with their sexualness and then they're like yeah <laughs> Centaurs, I can see. That feels like a vibe. Yeah. Axel. Axolotls. I don't know what that is. They're the little. They're they're real animals. They look like tiny little dragons. Interesting. Yeah, Ace Sirens, I think, is my favorite one. Griffins are also kind of part of arrow culture. I don't think I knew that. I didn't either. Well, there's our answers. Hope that's what you were looking for, Jaina. Let's um, see. I have one. Do it. This is a message from an anonymous person to their past self. More people can have sex like dolphins, perhaps. Go away. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, man. Sorry. I didn't mean to tell you to go away. Okay. <laughs> this is a message from an anonymous person to their past self. Dear past self, I know you want to prove to your friends that you are cool. That you aren't just a good girl. You feel like they see you as childish for not drinking or dating. For going to bed early and studying a lot. For calling your parents and getting good grades. You really want to tell them that you've got a tattoo just because you want to seem cool. And that you're not just a good girl. You don't really want them to know though. It's something private you did just for yourself. I'm your future self and I lived through the reality where you told them just for validation. Don't do it. It wasn't worth it. They aren't trustable. They unhooked your bra to show other people at a party, even when you told them that the only people they told were you, were them. And you don't know it yet, but you're also ace. Another thing you might think falls under the good girl category. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with fitting people's expectations of an Asian girl. 
You're allowed to be good, whatever the hell that means. I love you. I love you so much. I accept you. Know that I will always love you. Love your future self. I think that's great. I think me and Sarah fall in a lot of those stereotypes too. Like Sarah yeah. doesn't drink. And I know I in college got really upset with people when they would like make fun of me for studying too much. That was a big thing in freshman year for me for some reason. But yeah, I think I definitely get that. Being straight laced and being a spec, um, they don't have anything to do with each other. But if you are both, you are still very valid. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, because I'm, I mean, I'm both. And like, I think it's also when people are like, oh, this is this person's super straight laced. Like they, they often think that they look down upon other people for not mm -hmm. being that way. And that's just not the case uh, yeah. for me, at least. Yeah, um, a big thing when, like when you tell someone you're asexual, a lot of times people immediately get like upset and think that you're looking down at them and then they get really like, what's it called? Like insulted somehow. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. no, no, it doesn't like, it's like we talked about in that one episode, like Sarah is sex positive, but like sex averse, like they are different yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, retweet. Yes. Let's see. Let's do another ace realization, perhaps. I think people like those. And that's where most of the content is in this doc. Yes. Um, okay, this is from Lotus. Lotus says, my name is Lotus. I'm the physical caretaker of the Renegade X system. And I am a he, she, bi-gender, arrow, ace person. So I think this person is a system in a dissociative identity disorder system. Do we know what that is, Sarah? No. It is basically... So if I'm wrong, someone please correct me. From what I understand, because I've watched a lot of videos on it, because I just find it very interesting, is that someone with DID had a traumatic experience in their childhood, which caused them to have multiple, like, I don't want to say multiple personalities, because that's a different thing. But they basically have different, like, people in there that will come and, like, front and be different, mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. That's not a very good explanation. But basically but the personnel, the brain kind of splits in order to take care of the person who has gone through trauma and like protect yeah. them and make yeah. them able to like be a functioning person. Yes. I'm sorry if that was bad. Uh, please do your own research. Okay. Um, oh yeah, watch Anthony Padilla's I Spent a Day with Multiple Personalities. It's very good. And the person that was in that is her, Alters, thank you. Alters is the different, not personalities, Alters, thank you. Um, there's a lot oh, of I really good- that. Yeah, there's a lot of really good YouTubers and like super interesting people on TikTok. I just find it very fascinating. So, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm the physical caretaker of the Renegade X system, and I am a he, she, bi gender, arrow ace person. Although I'm biologically 27, I was, I was only created a few years ago and was created without the ability to feel romantic and sexual attraction as a parogenic headmate. I'm sorry, I don't know what that means. I never really thought about my sexuality until I started to live my own life. I'd been comfortable with touches such as hugging or cuddling or just platonic kisses without consent. I kind of thought that was normal to feel as a human, but when I was with a toxic group of friends with, who unknowingly shamed me for feeling those ways, I kind of—I guess I kind of started to realize that those feelings weren't normal. I was supposed to want to date someone. When sex started to come into my life, I found myself immediately repulsed by it. I never tried it, not once, but just the thought of me doing it was repulsive. 
I did try to get into it with one of those toxic friends, but I just left before it had even started because it was just gross, like a smile, like a slimy feeling on my back. I found out with my queer platonic partner that I was sex repulsed. After that, I found out I was arrow ace. Thank God for my QPP explaining it because she was ace. I wasn't exactly all good from there, though. I had to deal with those friends pretending to accept me. In reality, though, they believed me and my QPP didn't belong in the community because we were ace. Right now, though, I'm happy with where I am. I have an accepting family that is my system. I have three amazing QPPs and cut those friends off until they apologize. Let me just say this, though. Relationships don't always have to be romantic kisses or sexual, you know, oral. They can be platonic kisses, yes, and queer platonic hugging or something. And don't be afraid to establish boundaries. If you desire consent for specific touches, then establish that. Only the fake ones will disrespect it. He Only the fake ones. Only the fake ones. I just think that's, I don't know, and, and another very diverse like ace realization story mm-hmm. so i love that they have three qpps that sounds stressful to me but it sounds like a lot of amazing support to have which is nice. yeah yeah sure does. and yes do go please go do your own research on did because i did a really bad job of explaining it and sorry yeah i didn't even re- i for some reason i didn't know what you were talking about at first i do know what did is i don't know what's happening Oh, it's one of those things that Trisha Paytas made fun of, and now we hate her. Dude, um, let's, what I could get into a whole thing about Trisha Paytas. I know you got her being stupid. Let's take a question. Okay. Um, I haven't picked one. Do you want me to do a voice message? Do we have a voice message. That's a question. Okay, this is from Noel Noelwood Noelwoods. I'm sorry, I don't know Noelwoods. He was our mod. He was apparently actually named Daniel, which is rude because how is your name not just Noel? I don't understand. <laughs> um, someone in the chat said you and the rest of your system are 100% valid, which is the truth. Accurate. Okay, this is from Noelwoods. I sound safe but okay. Uh, I'm Noelwoods in the chat and in Discord and stuff and. I'm wondering how, like, you make friends going to new places, especially, like, being ace and finding the ace communities there. Like, how do you do that? Uh, since I know you're both, like, moving or have moved across the country, and I might have to do that in a few months, and it's kind of scary. And, yeah, I want to I learn. I want to be prepared for that. Thanks. Okay. So if you couldn't hear that, I think it was quiet. But basically, Nolwiz is wondering how to make new friends when you're moving because they might have to move soon and specifically like find ace people when you're moving. This is something that I, <laughs> I don't know that either of us have good answers to because we've both struggled with it and I don't think are very good at it, but we will do our best and maybe some people in the chat will have answers too. Um, let's see. For me when I, I moved, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I haven't honestly really had to properly have that experience yet. Um, because when I moved out to LA, um, many of my friends from college were doing the same thing. Um, and then quarantine happened. (laughs) Um, and so I haven't really met a lot of new people necessarily. Also, personally, for me, it's not 
crucial that I find other aspect people in real life. Um, if I do, it's wonderful. But I, um, you know, I have the pod, I have this community, I don't necessarily feel the need to, you know, surround myself with aspect people necessarily. Um, but so I don't really have an answer for you. Also, the way I make friends in life is I make one friend and, and then I steal all their friends. Um, mm-hmm. So you try that. You could try that. I, I, what, I, what happens is I make a friend and I latch on to them, and then I just, I just inherit all of their friends. That's what happened yeah. with Kayla. Yes, <laughs> I was talking to my friend Miranda recently about how that's what happened with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just. Uh, so you could try that. I when I moved, a lot of my friends when I moved to when I moved to Connecticut last year, a lot of my friends ended up coming from work, which was nice, but obviously not always possible. I also joined a local like D and D group to meet people. Um, so I'd say just like I mean it's hard with pandemic and lockdown to do that, but just like looking for local like meetups and groups. Um, adopt a local introvert, yes. Um, for ACE groups, something that I have tried recently, so I'm moving down to Baton Rouge and I looked at like the city's, um, like queer center or whatever. Um, and it looks like in the past they've had an ACE group. I don't know if they do anymore, but I would say like, look at your local queer center and see if they have an ACE group. And if not, like if you're feeling up to it, you could try to start one. Um, or I don't know, going on like message boards or ACE meetups and asking if people live in your area. Cause I know, I feel like it's an easy way to meet new people. It's just like going for ACE people right away. Uh, you can adopt Daniel. Daniel says that he's an introvert looking for friend adoption. So maybe just go adopt Daniel. Adopt Daniel. Meetups are great. Yeah. So I don't know. Meetups freak me out. Why? <laughs> people you don't know mm-hmm. like and that is valid kids like Sarah. i've never i've never been to any sort of ace meetup um i was recently talking to someone who uh is a part of ace la um which is like the ace group in la and they were like you should come to some ace stuff and i was like <laughs> i should but i'm scared <laughs> um, um. Sarah, what is going to happen when we get famous and we have to do meet and greets? What will happen? See, that'll be fine. Because, because you're in a position of power. I would say because... <laughs> no, I don't want to be in a position of power. I, I would... Like, those people sort of already know who I am. And, like, yeah. those people would be coming to me rather than me having to go to them. Oh, interesting. <laughs> interesting so like i'm i'm not good at like putting myself like out there and being like hi i'm sarah let me tell you about myself like that's not i'm that's not in my skill set that's fair um it's okay to be scared to meet people tldr it is okay Sarah Superstar says that meetups uh, freak them out too, but I pushed through the anxiety and went to one once and it was such a positive and validating experience. So, big risk, big reward. Yes. I'm going to read another message. Okay. This is from Ginger. And Ginger says, 
Um, just wanted to share some fun ACE experiences I've had. For starters, I found my childhood diary, which has a total of 24 entries spanning 10 years. My favorite quote is from when I was 13 years old and I wrote, I don't know who I like, so I've decided that for now I'll just have friends. No boyfriends, no crushes, no kisses, no romance, but just until I can understand or at least control my feelings. Tiny arrow ace ginge didn't know you could like crush, you couldn't, didn't know you could like more than one person at once. We can ugh, hold that point. Nor did they know that aloes cannot choose to not have crushes. Needless to say, I never found anyone romantically interesting after that. My biggest affirmation for my arrow aceness for me when for me was when I was hanging out with this guy, um, but now we were alone and he knew he, I knew he wanted to kiss me. So in my mind, I was like, I could finally have my first kiss right now if I wanted. Then he complimented me and I said, Hey, thanks, okay, bye. He was confused and I felt so empowered that was when I, that was when I knew for sure. More recently, I had a fun experience because my aunt, who knows I'm arrow ace but doesn't know I'm a gender, conflated gender and sexuality saying, these twins, a boy and a girl, but the boy is gay and the girl is a lesbian. So the boy was supposed to be a girl and the girl was supposed to be a boy. They did not have the energy to educate her, but I just thought it was hilarious because if that's her logic, then she should know I'm a gender. <laughs> that is all the stories I have. I don't know if this is weird, but if I may plug something really quick, I am currently seeking a platonic wife. All genders can apply, and the title's up for negotiation. I make great vegan baked goods. I have two cats and a bunny, and I'm Canadian, so a green card is on the table. At <laughs> Gingero on Twitter, and at J Y N J E R G O on Twitter, Insta. Please apply there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's what I'd like to go back to. Has anyone in this chat like had a crush on more than one person at once? Because I have not, and I don't understand. I logically understand that it can happen. I think this is probably a demi thing, huh? It's um, like it's like love triangles. I'm like, how? I just like <laughs> for me when I get a crush on someone, it takes up so much of my energy that like I can't do that twice. <laughs> it's like cheating yeah. on all of the people. Yeah, no, I, uh... I mean, you've never, you've never really, like... I've never had a real crush, so, like, I can't, <laughs> I can't tell you. It's just, I'm shook that anyone could do that. I think that's part of, the, I think that's part of the reason, um, uh, that I feel so weird about love triangles, is because, first of all, it's, like, oftentimes it's, like, two guys and fighting over a girl, and that's just, like, what, what, what's happening here. Um, very heteronormative and weird and you don't own her and what um but also like i just can't fathom experience i can't fathom experiencing that for one person much less uh, two yeah. Yeah. also just make it poly i don't care <laughs> should we do some coming out stories we haven't done any coming out stories ginger just tuned in just in time oh my ginger. god <laughs> i'm sorry Ginger, it seems like you have a lot of people that are already applying to be your platonic wife. So translation for me from soup, you can stand multiple members of BTS. I get it now. I still don't. Soup has I'm, just explained everything to me. I'm, this makes I'm, sense. So I'm still confused. <laughs> All right. Uh, is there an application form I could sign? Uh, yeah, Ginger, let us know if there's an application that we can forward to all these people who want to apply to be your platonic wife. Um, let's see. Okay, this is a coming out story. Are you ready? That's well, kind of coming out. I don't know. 
it's a story. This is from Blake. She, they, he. Blake, my DMs are open on Twitter. Okay, everyone can DM Ginger on DM Twitter Ginger. Um, to apply to be their platonic wife. Name okay. negotiable. Name negotiable. <laughs> um, terms and conditions apply. Okay. Um, Blake, she, they, he. I'm a young ace, 14 years old, and something I want adult aces and really all ace specs to know is how in my experience, asexuality is unambiguously accepted by people my age. I came out as ace for the first time a year and a half ago, and then as arrow a month later. I'm now out to the majority of my friend group as arrow ace, and I'm slowly working up the courage to tell them I'm gender fluid. I was so nervous to come out, but it turned out to not even be that much of an issue. I'm still shocked about how this, how to this day, almost every single person I came out to as ace or arrow has already known what it is. I've had to explain what ace meant only once and also what arrow meant only once. Besides the fact that I'm the first person, besides the fact that the first person I came out to as arrow had a crush on me, oof, my coming out experience has been pretty much perfect. I've also been shocked by how many people I know who are also ace spec. Turns out a very close friend of mine I've known since I was nine is also ace. I also personally know at least two other ace specs, a questioning ace, two arrow specs who all go to my school. That is so many. I was the last year the sign for my middle school's GSA club had the ace flag included on it right next to the gay pie <laughs> gay bi pan trans and non-binary flags which made me incredibly happy the gay pie, <laughs> the gay pie. Um, of course do not take into account of course do take into account that I live in a fairly progressive US state and also almost everyone I've come out to is also queer just because the majority of my friends happen to be queer so it is more likely know about other queer identities but even then i just want i just but even then i just think in general younger people are just more accepting than adults i guess i just want people to know that even though it feels like we're making barely barely making any progress on ace availability sometimes it is working ace activism makes an impact i know because i can feel it i can see the difference between the stories people older than me have about when they try to talk about asexuality and their experiences more people than ever now know what asexuality is. More kids than ever are going to grow up knowing that not everybody feels attraction. More and more aspects are going to find a label that fits them earlier in life and know that there are other people like them. And there will be less and less aspect kids who are made to feel like they're broken. We are making an impact. We are making progress, however slow it may seem. I am crying in the club. That's wild that there's just like 20,000 A-spec people in, in Blake's school. That's so, so many. I only know of one other person from my high school who ended up being A-spec because they recently messaged me and were like, stop. Uh, I know of zero. Which is wild. Zero. I think your school is bigger than mine. So. Yeah, I also know of more queer people. Like when I was in high school, there was there was um, like my senior year, there was someone who came out as trans, or no, it was his senior year, my junior year. Yeah, I know there's a lot of people I went to high school with that are queer, but most of them came out after we graduated. Yeah, there were a few that were out when I was in high school. That's that do be wild though. I mean, congrats, Blake, on. Yeah. Your success. Blake, you rock. Blake, you've won. Okay, I want to do, because also we have a 
our last voice message is from Barefoot Backpacker, and it's about mm-hmm. older aces. So I want to play mm-hmm. that because I feel like it'll go well. But it was too big to be on my phone. So now I have to figure out how to play it on my computer where you can all hear it. So here's what we're going to do. Do you want me to talk about something else in the meantime? You can. You certainly are allowed to. Oh, God. I don't know why I asked that. I'm not Okay, prepared. well, it's fine. We can figure. Okay, I'm going to try to unplug my headphones. Question from Rain. Uh, only recently came to terms with my sexuality this year. I've been hearing about cake, and I love it, and I love baking for people, but I don't completely understand the cake thing, though. <laughs> what does it mean? Um, the cake thing started from the joke that um, a lot of A-spec folks would rather have uh, cake than have sex. Like, they're, some people, maybe they're on this about the same level. You know, sex, cake, nah. I personally would rather have cake. Um, so that's where that came from, and it just became an, it became a thing. Okay, I'm gonna try to do this. I also realized that I think this whole time my audio was coming from my headphones and not my microphone, so. Is that why the audio was so bad on the, I almost, I almost asked to confirm, and then I was like, no, I trust her. Don't look at me. Don't perceive me. No one perceive me. Um. Oh, Kayla. No one. No one perceive me at this time. All right. Let's see if we can. No one perceive me. Sarah's so mad at me. Oh my God, I almost asked you. I really almost did. Well, who? I guess it's your fault now. Then. Oh, I sound better it's not now. My fault. Oh. All right, let's see if this will play. Hi, I'm Ian, otherwise known as the Barefoot Backpacker. Can you hear that? Yes, it's so much better. Well, it's coming from my computer now. Um, This is Barefoot Backpacker, who has the most soothing voice in the world. Everyone enjoy. And I'm 45 years old, which is somewhat older than the average person who identifies as asexual. Well, I won't know for sure unless it's a phrase I've used many times before in my life. Now, this may well be a very strong case of too much information, but that's pretty much the primary reason I ended my virginity. I won't say lost. I know exactly when and where it happened and why. It was in the bedroom of the house I was renting as a post-student to a lady who'd been dropping strong hints for the previous eight months. I was 20 and a half years old, and it was something I'd always been avoiding because I didn't think it was going to be something I would enjoy or be any good at, but I figured I ought to try just in case I was wrong. Listeners, I was not wrong. When I was 17, I kept a diary, as most teenagers did. And, still conforming, I wrote down details of all the crushes I had on people I liked. Despite going to an all-boys school, most of my friends at the time were girls. I had quite a lot of pen pals, and I enjoyed the connection I had with them. That feeling of being close, yet also at a safe distance. They often used to ask questions of me, like, Why are boys? Assuming that I'd be able to answer. Yet even then I knew I wasn't quite the same as the ones they were snogging. Though some of them I did develop little weird crushes on when I wrote about them in my diary, it's clear in hindsight that I tended towards the asexual spectrum. I wish I was holding her hand. I want to hug her. But also, I don't ever imagine having sex, though. I guess I should have realised then. But back in the 90s, the word asexual didn't really exist, or at least it wasn't common knowledge if it did. And in any case, because it wasn't something that really bothered me at the time, I never really thought about it. It just kind of wasn't important. 
Yet, it was always something lurking in the background of my relationships and meant none of them ever really developed beyond much of the honeymoon stage. Note that I have been engaged three times, though the latter two were more hope beyond expectation than anything truly life-affirming, and I'm also friends with both of them still. Indeed, I'm friends with most of my exes, and maybe for this reason, my dismissal of sex as being relatively unimportant means that there ends up being very little difference between friends and relationships, so most of the latter come from and quickly return to the former. Although it was there, latent, it wasn't until I read an article in the Guardian newspaper in about 2011 or 2012 that I first came across the word asexual, and it resonated with me. The more I thought about it, the more I was comfortable taking the word on as my own. It just made so much sense that there was a word I could finally use that described me in enough detail to be meaningful. Well, that's my discovery, but what about the others? Where are all the other older asexuals? See, it's likely that we do just what gay men did previously. We hide in plain sight. We mouth the words, go through the motions of a normal life, despite not being happy in ourselves, despite knowing it felt wrong, but feel we're not able to do anything about it. How many loveless marriages were entered into? How many people married just for the show, not for the love or connection? Remember, of course, asexuals can have sex. Some of them even enjoy it. But by not experiencing sexual attraction, they would have felt stuck in a heterosexual dystopia, not free to express their own identity. Amongst the older generation, especially those who have been in long-term marriages, having now been introduced to the word asexuality, there's a little confusion over what it means, over how you know that you're asexual rather than just, well, comfortably indifferent to sex. Think of being married for 20 years. Many people no longer have the urge. But remember, that's not what asexuality is. It's not about how much sex you have, but how much sexual attraction you experience. And yes, if you've been married 20 years and have sex once a week, you could be asexual. But it's more likely you still have sexual attraction to your partner. You just don't have the urge to act on it as frequently. You'd rather eat cake because it's just easier than having sex, not because you don't have the attraction to have sex. So what can we do? Do we encourage more of Gen X and maybe even boomers to come out as asexual? Will it make a difference? One might argue it's not as important to come out. By the time you reach your 30s, even, your life has veered down a particular path and maybe people think it too late to change course. That, ah, if I were younger, I'd have known. But what's the point now? Or, well, I've got this far. I can cope. Or, what will my family, what will my descendants think if I change now? Is it even relevant to me? I've been in a relationship for X number of years. There's also the thought society has conditioned us into our heteronormativity. So maybe we don't feel that we belong, that we're kind of appropriating asexual culture and ideas for our own benefit. Maybe too, we might ourselves believe we're simply going through a midlife crisis in the same way that youngsters are experimenting just after puberty. Previous generations bought motorbikes, discovered their author credentials and took up crochet. If we started saying it's okay to be asexual, would we see an increase in the numbers of people getting divorced and deciding to, I don't know, take up ultra running or spoon whittling in the forest? Because fewer of us have come out, there's fewer role models to see. If all of the little asexual representation that there is, is at the younger end of the age spectrum, will anyone believe us? Because people of our age don't do that sort of thing. In a way, it's kind of like a chicken and egg scenario. Without the representation, we're not going to come out. But if we don't come out, there'll be no representation. And this also means by coming out, it's much harder to relate. So there's no reference point. What does coming out mean in the context of an older asexual? How do we explain it without a 30-minute TED talk each time, especially to our peers who've been brought up in the same environments? We don't have the support networks that younger people have. The representation, the communities are on places like Discord and Tumblr and YouTube. 
whereas people my age are most likely to hang out on Facebook and Twitter. There are, of course, benefits to coming out. The feeling of being free at last to be yourself. The realisation of why previous relationships haven't worked out. Self-awareness. Realisation of why you act the way you do. And just maybe, if there is a community, you'll fit in, regardless of age. And the more people like you there are, the bigger that community and the bigger the spirit. In my experience, the communities I've found haven't had a problem with my age, even if some of them are made up with people some 30 years younger than me. I don't know how I'd have felt at the age of 15 if someone 30 years older than me was in my social group, but in a way it's kind of useful. They appreciate my experience and their discoveries, their activism helped me with mine. That was the most soothing thing I've ever listened to in my life. I'm going to switch back to my headphones so that there is not a drastic difference in audio quality. No. Just leave it? Just leave it. It sounds better. <laughs> okay. I fucking hate you. I'm sorry. There's a lot of technical issues. Anyway, thank you, Barefoot Backpacker. What a delight. Incredibly soothing and beautiful. And also just very good to hear yeah. the experience of older aces. Uh, the last thing we're going to do before we go is read through some of the resources that people wanted to shout out. Uh, here we go. Are you ready? So here are some of the resources that people sent in and wanted to shout. Larry wanted wants to promote the Ace and Arrow, Pro- Ace and Arrow Advocacy Project run by Pride Chats. Um, on the last weekend of every month, they do a chat. Um, it's at taap.org, and you can join their Discord. Sarah Superstar wants to shout out the Tumblr, Aceback People, PPL, are beautiful.tumblr.com. They're very um, positive and they answer a bunch of questions. Also, re- recommending the book Loveless, obviously. Um, the Lady's Guide to Petticoats and Piracy by Mackenzie Lee. Um, it also has ace rep, which is very exciting. Oh, no, it doesn't include the term ace, but the ca- protagonist is disinterested in sex and romance. Um, ace Owl is working on a on research into aphobia. They have a website in progress. You can go to asexualresearchstudies.card.co to see how that is going. Drew wants to shout out L. Rose, Secret Lady Spider, who we love for being brilliant and passionate advocate and activist, a great writer and a really good friend. Go check them out on YouTube and Twitter. They're very good. Um, Destiny wants to shout out Swank IV, an amazing asexual YouTuber who had me on her channel. Check her out. Um, also shouting out the Braiding Body Shame Online Conference, which will be in January of 2021. Haley wants to shout out A's Journal, AZEJournal.com, created by Ma- Michael Paramo. It's a collection of self-expression, art, poetry, writings. Um, their favorites include Summer Camp, Touch, and When the Absence of Tangibility Makes Love Like That. Att- makes Love Like That Unattainable. Those are the resources. Yay! Yes. Okay, so for those listening in podcast form, um, we are going to stick around on our live stream and read some more stuff, but uh, the podcast is over. (laughs) It's over Uh, the home. Goodbye. Don't go Um, home. Go to the live stream where you can hear more content. Indeed.
Um, but before you do that, we have our whole outro. Kayla, what's our poll for this week? Oh, no. Oh, no. What? How was your ace week? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Kayla, what's your beef and your juice this week? Hold on. Okay, I'll do mine. My beef is lunch. I hate the concept of lunch. <laughs> I why do I get hungry in the middle of the day? Like I like eating. I like food. I don't like lunch. Um there are distinct breakfast foods. There are dinner foods. What is lunch? Sandwiches? No. I mean, yes, I, you just don't I like have sandwiches. I have to make food in the middle of the day. Are this you kidding? Why? You make extra dinner and lunch. My lunch typically is just leftovers. But I do that for dinner. I just make a bunch of dinner. Make more dinner. So much dinner. More. Many dinner. More? Yep, it's definitely connected to your mic now. Do I look like Rudolph a little bit? I hate this. Um, My juice is that the last few days I've been able to sleep with my door well open because it's been cool enough and it has been such a delight. Um, my other juice is the concept of hope. I think it's good. <laughs> Haven't you already done that? Uh-huh. Okay. I have. Just again. <clears throat> okay. My beef meal prep for lunch. <laughs> Imagine being Daniel. Um, <laughs> um, my beef is i mean i'm sure i've hated something recently my beef is that things are expensive um Mm. i personally am not someone that spends a lot of money i just like don't spend a lot of money usually Mm. except for recently i became unemployed um by choice it was it's fine everyone calm down um no one was upset (laughs) um (laughs) everyone's like we don't care um i recently became unemployed by choice and so now i'm not making money um so i shouldn't spend money but as soon as i became unemployed i was like there's several things i would like to buy which i just like why did my brain do that um i guess that's my beef also my beef is that we're about to lose this fucking football game are we really there's 30 seconds left it's 27 24 <laughs> we're I'm so pissed. We're so embarrassing. Michigan State lost to Rutgers last week. This is embarrassing. I don't want to go downstairs. There's lots of state fans downstairs. I'm just simply not going to go downstairs. Um, my juice is that uh, I signed, me and Dean signed the lease for our apartment, but really it's a townhouse and it's very cute. And uh it's like in the neighborhood we're living in the person like next door had a biden harris sign and a couple of the neighbors had like gay flags in their windows so the vibes of the neighborhood are just very good there was two stray cats walking around the apartment is just like very beautiful um it's very exciting yay (laughs) and there's a second bedroom so sarah can come live with me um (laughs) okay you can tell us about your beef, your juice, your ace week activities on our social media at SoundsFakePod. You can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash SoundsFakePod. We have a new $2 patron. It's Francis Franklin. And Francis Franklin is technically a two-pound patron. <laughs> yes, that's true. So, <laughs> welcome, Francis. Hello. 
yes. Um, I did the conversion, though. It's still less than $5. So unfortunately, you're still in the $2 tier. <laughs> Dang it. Um, our $5 patrons are Jennifer Smart, Esfrida Vinicota, Austin Lay, Perry Fierro, D, Quinn Pollock, Emily Collins, Book Marvel, Changing MX, Derek and Carissa, Simona Simon, Jamie Jack, Jessica Shea, Rhea Faustino, Daniel Walker, Livy, Madeline Askew, Lily, James, Corinne, Alice, and Space, Guy Simpson, Brooke Siegel, Ashley W, Samantha Cozart, Harry Haston, Dugan Soup, Amanda Kiker, Vishak, Jacob Weber, Rory, Amberly, Star, Rachel, Kate Costello, John, Ariel Axo, Ellie, and Tessa. That is the first time I've done it in one breath. <laughs> that was very exciting. Someone just asked if my cat is coming with me. My cat is coming with me. Yes, don't worry. Of course. Um, our $10 patrons are Argnes, who would like to promote the Trevor Project, Benjamin Abar, who would like to promote Tabletop Games, Anonymous, who would like to promote Spooky Halloween, which is today, Sarah McCoy, who would like to promote Podcasts from a Planet Weird, Maya Genie, who would like to promote Christopher's Haven, Cassandra, who would like to promote their modeling Instagram, at Little Red, Doug Rice, who would like to promote the book Native by Caitlin Curtis, Maggie Capelbo, who would like to promote her dogs, Leia, Minnie, and Max, H. Valdez, Purple Chickadee, who would like to promote wonderful poem that they provided with us today, and also IshLewaFogel.wordpress.com, Barefoot Backpacker, who would like to promote it being acceptable to get therapy, and also his very nice, soothing voice. Um, I, need, I need a therapist. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Ashlyn Vodecker, who is Ashlyn Vote Everywhere, the Steve, who would like to promote Ecosia, R.E.K., who would like to promote Please Vote, if you haven't done it yet, please, for the love of God, vote. And Maddie, who bumped up from $2, who would like to promote the Union series by T.H. Hernandez, which is a young adult dystopian novel about a privileged girl who has to work with a group of survivors to help prevent the world they know from ending. Um, our $15 patrons are Nathaniel Witt, Nathaniel Jewett, Designs.com, my mom, Julie, who would like to promote free mom hugs and the fact that she dressed my dog up as RBG for Halloween, Sarah Jones, who is at Eternal Lolly Everywhere, Dia Chappelle, who would like to promote the Underrealm series by Garrett Robinson, Andy A., who would like to promote being in unions in the IWW, Martin Giselle, who would like to promote mental health, and Miranda Denton, who is a new who is a new patron, who likes to promote Casa Q, which is the only Q youth shelter in New Mexico. Which sad that there's only one, but I'm glad that it exists. Um, and of thank course, Dragon for joining. Like promote- yes, thank you. And of course, Dragonfly, who would like to promote um, always losing at home against your rival. Um, also, voting. If you have not yes. um, early voted or absent voted, and you're voting on vote day, please vote on vote day. Yeah, please vote on vote day. Also, someone said the list has gotten so long. I'm only on episode 120 or something. Yeah, the list has gotten very long. We thank you all. Thank you all for your support. All right. Um, thanks for listening. Tune in next Sunday for more of us in your ears. And Kayla will be through her fucking microphone this time. Next time. Now your audio sounds kind of weird. But anyway, until then, take good care of your cows. <laughs> <laughs>